Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Michael and Diane Brodeur, and we are here for the podcast with Leaders Alliance. We're super excited about today. We have some amazing guests that we're going to bring on in just a moment. Steve and Sandra Long will introduce them. But Diane, why don't you say hello and uh, let's pray. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to our community that we're building through Leaders Alliance. We really encourage you to join. You know, um, there's people from all over the world that are walking together and trying to strengthen one another and and uh, build an online community. So um, as Michael said, today is Steve and Sandra, and they're powerful. They've led um, in the marketplace, in church. They have an amazing family. Like they're, they're the whole package of integrity and goodness. And so you're in the right place let's uh let's listen to them excellent well let's pray together yeah. and let's get rolling yeah thank you god we thank you that you're alive on the earth and that thank you want to interact with us and that you want to bring people into relationship with you and um as this message is uh entitled leading from the heart we just ask that we would be people of healthy hearts mind soul and spirit and that we would lead from our heart full of love and grace. And we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So really what we're talking about um, with Leaders Alliance is that we are a global online community of kingdom-minded leaders who have come together because we're passionate to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as is in heaven. Part of that is to bring about uh, the sort of the supernatural impartation. We believe that our God is alive. He's real. He's miraculous. He does incredible things and he empowers us to do incredible things in the earth. But we also believe in being super practical. So we want to be able to bring teachers on that are actually sharing with you practical leaders leadership tips, both from the church, from the marketplace and education and Hollywood, other places that people are coming to actually share what Christian leadership is within the different spheres of society. And so what we have in Leaders Alliance right now is we're doing our uh, open house. We have a five-week open house where we're inviting new members in. And if you'd like to consider becoming a member, check out our website at leadersalliance.org. And you can find out more about the features we offer, the the benefits we give, but also the incredible community that's being built where we can connect with one another, collaborate with one another, yeah. because we really want to see tangible transformation in the world around us. Sadly, you know, the world, the church has lost its voice a bit in recent years, but we believe it's time to recover that voice because we believe God's moving on the earth in a phenomenal way, mm -hmm. leading up to a massive new great awakening. And so we want to be ready for that. And so this is why Leaders Alliance exists. Mm -hmm. But as we shift now, I want to introduce this amazing couple, Steve and Sandra Long. Um, Oh, there they are. Well, hey, so good to ladies. have you guys on. Uh, Steve and Sandra are my heroes. Seriously, <laughs> they've been leading in the kingdom for almost 40 years. Uh, they've been pastors of one of the most influential churches in church history. I mean, honestly, the Toronto 
Catch the Fire Church was the seat of an amazing outpouring of God that began about 28 years ago. And because of that outpouring, literally millions of people came to Toronto. And these guys were leaders during most of those years, like you know, 12 years of, of almost nightly meetings. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it was an incredible. And the impact around the world has been tangible. I mean, we have many new movements, hundreds of churches, thousands of souls that have come to Christ, healings, deliverances, just a massive impact of that one church around the world. And these guys have had the privilege now of being the pastors of that church for a significant season. They're some of the best leaders I know. And so I'm excited to introduce them. Diane, do you have anything to add before we yeah, turn it over? I, I feel like they, um, as people, um, really have love and relationship at the core of their identity and what they want to produce in their lives and in their ministry. Um, they have a big church. They've literally had more than 6 million people walk <laughs> through their doors. But, um, but today he offered to, he gave out his personal email so that people could write him and ask him questions. And they look for the one that's needy and pour into them. And, but they're also powerful in the business community, in um, different spheres of society. So they're not locked away and cloistered behind church doors. They know how to do family well. They do their own family well, and they do life in extended family well and because of that they have so much wisdom and so let's get into that you guys let's excellent learn about leading from the heart yeah so why don't you guys begin by just sharing a little bit of your story because there may be people listening to this or listening in the archives that don't know who you are so sure all right i'll start uh long 64 years of age uh, grew up in a baptist tradition my parents met as single missionaries in Malawi, Africa. Wow. Back in the early 50s. My mom is from England, got born again uh, around the age, I think, of 21. And at age 23 was a single missionary with no support system. Like she just wow. left England and went to Malawi. Come on. No, no work. Like she didn't really know where she was going, you know, all those different kind of things. My dad was sent by a ministry that um, uh, Andrew um, Murray's ministry, he was a part of that. Wow. And uh, they eventually met in Africa and Malawi. Uh, second time they met, they got engaged, got married. <laughs> six kids. And, I would read their book. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's sort of my background. My parents, after being, we went back to Africa after my parents were ma uh, married and I was born in Toronto. I think three months of age, my parents went back to Africa. I grew up there. Uh, coming back to Canada, my dad became a Baptist pastor. And so that's the tradition <laughs> that I grew up in until uh, 1993. My brother, uh, who's number two in the lineage, um, went. he was sent by his Baptist church that he didn't realize when he became the pastor was quietly a charismatic Baptist church. Ooh. And they wanted him to catch up. And so they sent him to a John Wimber conference at the Anaheim Vineyard in 93. He came back speaking in tongues and I was appalled. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. And uh, my brother began to talk to me, gave me some books. And then John Arnott phoned me and said, uh, could I come and organize? John Arnott was the pastor, the founding pastor of Catch the Fire Toronto. 
And in those days, it was Vineyard Church. Asked me to coordinate a conference. Long story short, uh, as the conference is going on, I'm taking a seminar by Mark Verkler on how to hear God's voice, which I did not believe happened. Uh, <laughs> God only speaks through his written word. Yeah. And so I begin to journal, and I hear the Lord say, you're supposed to serve John and Carol. And so that just sort of radically uh, opened my eyes to, oh, my goodness. And then as we're starting to have a beginning of a relationship with John and Carol, getting to know them, still Baptist pastors, uh, there's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Randy Clark shows up, says, come, Holy Spirit. Everything changed. <clears throat> we showed up on the Monday night, got filled with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. for the first time that way. And because uh, we already had the Spirit of God, but sort of not the not the wham bam kind of uh, experience, and uh, very quickly started volunteering at the revival meetings, and then joined the staff full time. Became overseeing the revival nights, as you said, twelve years. I looked after. I coordinated ten the first ten years of those. Wow. The pastoral side, and uh, fifteen years ago, we became the senior leaders of uh, Caps to Fart Toronto. Sandra, yeah. what about you? Well, you um, were a good Baptist girl. Hey, I was girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And um, actually, my parents and Stephen's parents knew each other when they were like teenagers. Your dad, my wow. dad. Yeah. Like, so there's like a whole family connection, which is really cool. We but, had an arranged marriage, it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, my I was raised in a Christian home. Um, both my parents were, um, uh, you know, they, my dad was a firefighter. And my mom worked here and there, but mostly stayed at home with us. Um, but raised in the church, um, involved in the church. <coughs> my parents taught us to be faithful in the church. So I actually fell in love with the church because of my parents' influence. Um, at the age of 14, um, the Lord spoke to me and said, um, he called me into the ministry. I didn't know how that would look. You know, it never, never dawned on me that I should even consider going to Bible school. So I never... <coughs> I think supernaturally the Lord um, just positioned me and, um, and, and I felt like he said at age 14, um, I'm going to, I want you to marry a pastor, but then I forgot about that. Thank goodness. <laughs> what am I doing? But anyways, um, I met. You did start saving money. Yeah. I started saving money. That was my, my big deal. But um, wow. anyways, I, but I always knew that my calling was to serve alongside someone. And so when I met Stephen, I remembered a few years later, um, um, that was what, that's what we were going to do. And so we actually, um, six months into us, um, or six months before we were going to get married, um, <coughs> Stephen actually helped, whoop, you there? Sorry, I can't yeah, see. Good. Yeah. Okay. I had an incoming phone call to stop. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't see anybody. <laughs> Six months um, before um, we got married, Stephen actually um, had an offer to go and help start a church. And so that basically we we went on our honeymoon. I left my comfortable Baptist church and went into another brand new Baptist church. And we were under we were under um, a, a pastor and his wife who were called to church plant. And that's how we started ministry. And so here we are um almost in it'll be almost 40 years of ministry together wow yeah incredible. well talk to us a little bit more about the transition into becoming the lead pastors there because after 10 years of leading revival and diane and i we we led a, a season during the toronto season which was only about 18 months i mean it was 
we had a 1200 seat auditorium in San Francisco. It, we got to minister to tens of thousands of people, but 10 years, come on. I mean, that's, that, that's a ride that's really exciting, filled with the miraculous. I would imagine incredible pressure hosting uh, like over the course of the time, over 6 million people. Um, that's a lot in your relationship. That's a lot of pressure. That's just a lot for anybody to do. And then out of that furnace of amazingness, you got called to be the pastors of the church there. Yeah, we would love to hear about that. Well, I just want to say, um, just you're you're so generous in what you and how you make us like. Oh my goodness, I'm like, who are they talking to again? <laughs> you guys are so. I, I know, um, but I think the important thing you need to know is that um, we knew what who we were and what we were called to, and yeah. so we just said yes to the Lord. And so when when we came in in 1994. It was in June. I remember our very first Sunday there. You know, my kids were like um, nine and six years old, my two sons. And I remember the very first service. Not, not our sons? Uh, our sons, sorry. Thank you. Yeah, because um, yeah, we did play a big part. He played a big part in it. Thank but, you. But anyways, um, we, um, we, they, they surrounded us. And actually, we had just come from a very difficult situation. So the fact that, that people wanted to come and love us so that yeah. would be the thing I, I just want to say. The very first Sunday when we came to that church, they introduced Stephen and I and our family, and we we stood in the and the whole pastoral team and ministry team, they surrounded us and they just they prayed over us and they loved on us. Wow. And I have to say, um, that's what brought us in. Yeah. I just began to cry because I <coughs> I had never experienced so much love um, from, from a church in my life. I mean, we had gone through very difficult season. And so that's sort of where we started. And we started our journey of getting our heart healed up yeah. and being in ministry at the same time. So we didn't stop ministry. Like we, we did our part. We, um, we just, our hearts were on a journey. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, Diane, that was a big part. <coughs> Excuse my coughing. People got a little tickle right here. Um, but the the ability to keep going has to be that you're being renewed on the inside. Otherwise, everyone's going to get burnout. Yeah. Um, so John and Carol were very forceful of you will take your vacations. You will go away. You mm -hmm. will, you know, do whatever, however you relax. You will do that. Uh, and you will get inner healing and deliverance. It's budgeted. Uh, <laughs> You you can't say no. If you say no, you're quitting. You know, that kind of so it was it was forced on Sandra and I back when we didn't understand it and didn't value it. And um even a couple times where no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm gonna participate, but my heart's not gonna be in it, kind yeah. of uh, journey to the place where it became life to us and now it's it's in our budget, like. It's not just for our, that our pastors at our church now have a budget for personal ministry. Every single one of our paid staff has a budget for personal right. ministry. So that would have been the, the the real key for longevity is is that hard journey. Can I just say too, part of the heart for me, Stephen and I, this is earlier on. Um, you have to remember we we basically um, in ministry 
especially when you're leaders of a church, I think there's an expectation that you will be perfect and the people expect you to be perfect. And, and there's one Sunday where John, um, John Arnett was getting up to preach. And so he got up and he stood on the pulpit and this was a defining moment for Stephen and he's I. He's preaching maybe five minutes. Five minutes. And he's just not able to get into the flow. And he just tells people, okay, guys. Um, and he stopped his message. And, and in front of thousands of people with a humble heart, he said, guys, I just want to know you to know that on the way to church, Carol and I, we had an argument. And I cannot continue to preach unless I reconcile with my wife. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. And, and we, he literally got off the pulpit. He probably doesn't even remember this, but for me, um, and, and, and Carol stood up and the two of them, it just makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> the two of them literally looked at each other and they, they asked each other for forgiveness, gave each other a hug. And the rest of the church was silent. And, and wow. Stephen and I, with our mouths open, we looked at John and Carol and we're like, yeah, okay, we're in. Like, oh, it was, wow. we, saw, we saw some real people. So John and Carol have really modeled the heart journey of being real. And so we have seen it all. And mm -hmm. we're just like, they, they have, you know, humbled themselves, modeled humility, asking for forgiveness when they needed to. Um, they, but they really just gone after the heart so that they have longevity. So that is sort of where, where Stephen and I are like, yeah, we're in, this is what we want to do. We want to be real people that, that have our hearts healed up. And so this has been a long journey for us. And even in the midst of everything that's happening now, we have gone after healing whenever we've had family situations happen. We have gone after healing for our hearts because we don't want anything to get in the way because in the end, we want to hear that, you know, well done, yeah. good and faithful. Oh, and so good. Sandra and I guys have two unique problems. Sandra is such a hard person that her heart can be weighed down with small little things. Yeah. My challenge is, um, it's not that I'm an overachiever, but um, I, I have a strong work ethic. If something needs to be done, I'm going to do it. If it mm. takes extra time, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't say that I'm a workaholic. It's just I know what the ministry entails, and mm. I'm willing to do that. And the problem of that is that you become uh, task focused, and you miss you you forget that there's the heart side of of me. Yeah. And you you physically are drained in your physical body. So mm. Sam drained in her emotions. I'm drained in my physical side of, of my body. And so the uh, the process of getting ministry and just acknowledging that those are challenges is very, very important for me. So I I live not I live for vacations, but I <laughs> I value them as a recharge for my physical body where Sandra doesn't need a go away vacation. She just needs to get away from people. Yeah. I love I that. Thing that I love. I, I need a break. So. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, obviously Diane and I were in a similar spot, you know, when we first heard about Toronto, in fact, we probably visited before you guys did, I think towards the end of February, right. You know, maybe four or five weeks after things got rolling. Um, but we were desperate. We were hungry. We were needy. And God met us in a powerful way. And that's why we love being back as a part of Catch the Fire is because the emphasis on personal heart health 
and personal healing is so high. And we, we're still in the process. I mean, we're still going through that after we've both been in ministry for over 40 years, 45 years. And so it's just, uh, it's something we've always appreciated. Yeah. You know? And so, but why don't you continue on the story a little bit? Talk to us about how the decision was made, how you guys stepped into the leadership of Catch the Fire Toronto and, and a little bit about how the journey's been since then. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, a, it's a fun one because I would say John and Carol's measuring stick for what they were looking for as the next senior leaders, they said repeatedly to the pastoral team, but somehow I think I was the only one, Sandra and I were the only ones who heard what they said. Hmm. I kept her hearing John say, to be a successful leader, you have to be able to raise up other leaders. Hmm. And he was always talking about raising up leaders, raising up leaders, raising up leaders. And so that's what Sandra and I did. We've always had a passion for small groups. Even at churches that didn't have small groups, we had a small group. And by the time, uh, catch the fire, this is back a few years now. By the time we got to 200 small groups in the life of the church, Sandra and I had probably released and mentored 140 of those leaders. Wow, that's awesome. So, so when John and Carol get to the place where they're looking around, everybody they're talking to, well, who's your leader? Stephen Sander, who's your leader? Stephen Sander. So John felt that the easiest transition is that the, the small group leaders, we call them connect group leaders, they're already in relationship with Stephen Sander. That's going to be far easier to choose them as opposed to someone else. Wow. Uh, so if I could say it, we earned the right. Uh, John and Carol were also looking for who do the people go to at the end of a meeting? Yeah. If you're going to talk to someone, who do you talk to? Mm -hmm. Sandra and I have always made ourselves available on a Sunday. I, like I'm not even on the prayer team on Sunday mornings. I don't, I'm not on the prophetic team. I don't do that ministry. I've always had a, had um, this thought and it came from my parents that you need to be available for every single person who walks into the building and walks out of the building on a Sunday. And so if you're back with the intercessors for 45 minutes before the meeting begins, you don't get that privilege. Michael and Diane, a key passage for me is that Absalom stole the hearts of the people of Israel because he was at the gates. And David, even though he was the king and a man after God's heart, was not available for the people. Wow. And how is it that David, this anointed leader, lost his nation? Yes. The nation turned to Absalom. Mm. David's running. And so the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to be at the gates. You just need to be available. Long story short, I, the Lord also did nudge John and Carol and say, it wasn't just sort of like they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this, but the Lord did speak to them as well. And I and I would say, I think that because of our background, we we were raised, um, that's the, there's so many positives of being raised in our Baptist church, but we were raised just to be faithful. Yes. Mm. God, God's called us, you know, and so we never thought about the end. We, it was never about a position. It was always right. Let's get up. And so to this day, we we're always at church now with COVID, not as early, but 
you know, generally we, we were always at church an hour before because we cared about the people. We cared about the church that everything was, it's just our passion and, and who we are. So that's sort of been our, our journey that, that we weren't looking to be the next senior leaders. We were just being faithful with what God had given us. And so um, I would just say this in our own experience, God has been always the one that has promoted us. We've not ever promoted ourselves or mm-hmm. gone after anything, but that's just how God's made us. So. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so good. And so obviously the last few years have been a challenge. <laughs> I think we first started, you know, talking a little bit more in detail about the Toronto church and some of those things that, you know, maybe four years ago or something like that, when you guys were just sailing and things were, were zooming ahead, um, then COVID hits. How have you guys processed that? And how does that relate to this sort of theme we're on about uh, healthy heart leadership? You know, how, how have you guys managed both your own hearts in the midst of this, but also the hearts of your people? Yeah. Well, I would just say, I'm just going to start and then Stephen can fill in the gaps, but I can add the truth. Yeah. (laughs) But it's always our version, right? But I I remember um, we actually, because we, you know, we had an incredible team. Team is so important. You know, it's not about Steven Sandra. It's about the team that's around us. They're the ones that that give us input and, and do a lot of the behind the scenes. But the very first Sunday where our church was closed, and I literally remember the Sunday before our church closed at the beginning of COVID thinking, Jesus, this is going to be the last Sunday, isn't it? And we we had already um we had already um worked through that and gotten it ready. But I remember the first Sunday walking into our building and um and literally seeing all the cameras and they had made a set for us to sit. And it was just absolutely I I surreal. I, I, yeah, like I started to cry because I'm like, this place has been full of people that love Jesus and worship Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking, okay, I love the people that it's the people that make the church. Mm-hmm. And I had to really shift my thinking. Um, I remember and thinking, okay, Lord, I'm going to look to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look to you. You and so I think I mean it was painful that that first Sunday, the first year, every time we had to be closed. I mean every time there has to be a restriction, um, especially in Canada, it's very painful because we don't see the people and we don't know sometimes. You know, like are they okay or what's going on with that? So and you, you had mentioned earlier that in the beginning you only had ten people allowed in that massive building at one time. Yeah, so it was very few people. Yeah, yeah, and we had because it's ten, and we've got cameras, so we have eight cameras, and all of them except for one. Um, our team was amazing. They they set the cameras up, and if you stood here, four different cameras see you at different angles. If you stood here, you you have that same kind of thing. So we we only had one camera person. And the police were called several times by people who looked at our meeting and felt there's got to be 20 people in there. They're breaking the rules. Yeah. Uh, They were so efficient. Yes. So that was, that was an advantage that we had technology on our side. Uh, But we had to separate the worship team would come in on a Tuesday and record a set. Yeah. On the stage and then five people off the stage. And then on Sunday we had the preacher and the MC was usually husband and wife. We would be live 
the wow. worship is not live. It's uh, just, you know, sort of cut in, cut and paste. Wow. And uh, it would be live at the beginning. We pretended that it was live. That was hard. Uh, you're, you're preaching to a camera that's 10 feet away, knowing that there's other three or four other cameras, you know, getting all the different angles. And we had to become um, very different kind of people. Yes. Which was very gracious. We did something at the very, very beginning, again, because we had a large staff, but we called 3,000 people in one month. Wow. From our church family. That's amazing. Not, not everyone got a phone call, but most people got a phone call. How are you doing? And just tried to help people. And at the beginning, guys, <clears throat> we thought this is going to be like a month, two months, and COVID's gone. Two sort months, of, sort two, like, like two flu. Weeks. Yeah. And mm -hmm. to Toronto on Monday. So yesterday, uh, sorry, no, two days ago, uh, opened up restaurants again. Restaurants had been closed, 100% closed. Mm -hmm. uh, the Toronto Raptors and our hockey team closed. Like they're playing, but nobody's there. Wow. And uh, so it's been pretty tight here. And Monday, 50% capacity for restaurants. So we're still in the, in the end stages. Canada is very conservative and slow-paced. And so we're not big risk takers as a nation. And uh, yeah, so it's had its ongoing effects. We do not know who is a part of our church. Mm. Yes. We just don't know. We know who the givers are uh, because they're, they're giving online for the most part. We do take attendance on Sundays because you have to do contact tracing in Canada. I love the taking attendance. So we have a phone app and they just have a QR code and it, and you know they're in. Wow! Uh, I would love to keep that forever and ever. And amen, because the advantages of being able to now track, have some, have a computer that tells you this person's myth, missed three Sundays in a row. Now we know who those people are. We can make phone calls. Mm -hmm. I think we can up our pastoral care because of the technology that we have as well. Yes. Wow. Well, you know, Denmark and Germany and now the UK have all sort of started to cancel their restrictions. I would yeah. expect probably that Canada is going to follow sometime in the next season. Yeah. How do you see and what advice can you give to leaders who are coming out of that season? And uh, and how would they rebuild and how can they reconnect with their people? Because according to Barna, most churches, the average church lost 40 percent, yeah. both in terms of people and in terms of finances. Yeah. How how are you guys positioning yourself for this next season? Well, I would say um, some of the things that we've done, we, again, we have an incredible team. We have people around us that have so much wisdom. And so we're, we're, it's not just about Stephen and Sandra coming up with ideas. It's about a group of people. But one of the things that I would just suggest is, again, like gather your, your team and ask them, you know, like for some real moments, just like John and Carol have that real moment on a Sunday. I think it's important to have real moments with your team. Okay, mm -hmm. guys, how are you doing? Because they'll do their job, no problem. But, um, you know, if they're struggling, they're, we, want, we want to make sure that our team, we have a culture of honor and respect and love and so that we work together. So that's one of the things that that we, I would suggest is, you know, gathering your team and, and checking in with them, encouraging your leaders, encouraging your small group leaders and ministry team people, you know, there's just so many shifts. So I would say that's one of the things. Yeah. So September is when uh, Ontario reopened again at uh, 30%, sorry, at 25% capacity 
which basically is every chair is six feet from another from another chair. Mm -hmm. So a couple can sit together. So we had chairs, twos, threes, fours, et cetera, uh, limited. And we never maxed out because people are just sort of cautious about coming back in the building. We weren't offering mm -hmm. kids program. We weren't allowed to offer kids program or youth program in the building. Wow. Nothing that's social is allowed yeah. to happen. Uh, all of those different kind we, of- We did that all online. But yeah. now, now it's live. So when we came back, the big drop is volunteers. Mm. So what you talked about, Michael, of of people not returning, uh, people don't people who are potentially still part of the church but don't feel safe yet to come back, mm. or they have enjoyed their season off, mm. and want to continue their season off, or. A city like Toronto, which is highly migrant, where where people change house every two years, yes, is the average, and they change condos or apartments every year is the average in in our city. Wow! So, I'll give you an example: our uh, technical team, which is cameras, audio, lights, um, fog machine, you know, all those kind of things. Uh, there's 50 people on that team prior to lockdown. Wow! And now our team are saying, and it's sort of like they, they all have a uh, a website to go to to sign up. And I'd like to be on the team this week. I can do this. I can do that. And the department head guy is realizing it's the same small little group. And he wrote to all the people that hadn't volunteered since September and found out that half of them, 25, no longer live in the city of Toronto. Oh, man. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, that's very similar to what, you know, we ministered in San Francisco for over 33 years, and it's a transient city. People come for a job opportunity or for an education. They don't come to necessarily raise a family. And that is a really particular problem in a big city, in a transient place. That's right. Yeah. So that we're going to rebuild, and we haven't, we've started thinking about how do we do that. I'm wanting to have like a big, at what once all the restrictions go, we're going to just celebrate the Holy Spirit. There's going to be no sermon the first Sunday. It's going to be fire tunnels, full out hands, hands on you. We want you to be rolling on the ground, drunk in the Holy Spirit. Uh, we want to tease people back that it's safe. Uh, we realize people are on journeys and not everyone's going to be comfortable all of those kind of things. We are not expecting it to be church as it was. And uh, you know that we've had prophetic words prior to COVID saying it's never going back. You have to want the new because it's going to be better than what you had. Good. And here, here we are, Michael. I'm trying to challenge our church. I'm trying to challenge myself. Wow. I want to go back to Egypt. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I want to. It was. It. I know what it was like. I was comfortable with what it was like. Yeah. Not what church is going to be like. The good news for us is that our givers are giving. That's and so good. So we're we're fine that on that side of things. But I'm going to guess that we've lost again through migration kind of things. Yeah. We've probably lost uh, if there's seven thousand uh, irregular attenders. You know, all the way to they're there every single Sunday. Uh, I'm going to guess two thousand are gone. Wow. We, we don't know don't their know. journey. There's, that's the heart, you know, the whole heart thing is, you know, I'm both seen and I are about the people. And so the fact that we don't know where some of them, it's like a, a, you know, a tornado went through our city 
and has displaced people, but yeah. they're, they're at home, like wherever they are. Um, we just hope that, you know, like for a lot of people listening that, you know, we know it's very painful and that's yeah. why it's so important to, um, get your heart healed up because it would have been so easy for me, even as an individual, um, cause I'm such a high responder and, oh my goodness, it's all about me. You know, it, we let them down, all this happened. And that's why getting your heart healed up in the midst of it, because yes. God has a plan for us and for our city and for our nation. And we're excited about that. And I tell you, sometimes it's hard to keep being excited mm. when every time you turn on the news, you're, I mean, our news is not enjoyable at all. I know some people in our church that literally just stop watching it because it's always about how many people died, you know, who's in the hospital, how many people had COVID, this shutdown, that, you know, and that's all it's about. And people, depression and mental illness in our city has risen. People like, it's just terrible. But, you know, it's like God is like, like our church has an opportunity Mm. in this, in this hour. Yes. To come in to be restored. And so, um, you know, we just had a, an online encounter and it was incredible. The testimonies we thought, oh, this will never work, these online things. But let me tell you, God is using them. Yes. Yeah, I got to go to your Sunday morning meeting and hear that yes, amazing testimony. Did. So that was awesome. That was good. Um, but Steve. I mean, you guys, I'm, I'm so impressed that you called as many members of your church as you could at the outset of this. Wow. Maybe it's time to reinstitute yep. that plan as you're coming out of this season because gosh, I, you know, to have such a large church and to have that sense of like, how do we reconnect? Yeah. I feel like, gosh, it's I, probably I, do, I do videos. Sandra and I do videos probably every third week, you know, three yeah. minutes, five minutes. Yeah. That goes on our bigger platform. Mm-hmm. And then I do, um, I do stuff that's just on my Facebook. Sandra's Sandra is really good at we don't, working the phone. It's it's talking to people. That's what yeah. I think we need. They they don't need an I you know because I, I I value the online. Yeah. But, you know, having meeting with somebody for a cup of tea or seeing somebody, you know, like that's what brings life to people because people, you know, we're used to praying for people and putting laying our hands on them. Now, like you're it, six it's, feet away. Yeah. In Canada, with it's a just mask. a little different, you know, and you can barely, all you can do is see their little eyes. And right, I, mean, right. I have to confess that I still hug people. Um, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but you know, I give them a side hug and, you know, and, yeah. but you know, when somebody's going through something, I just can't help it. I, 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 I'm just, it's about the people for me. And, um, but we, the Lord has yeah. been good to us. And life's happening. Like I'm, I'm generally a greeter every Sunday I stand either outside in the cold with a winter coat or I stand just inside the door. And this past Sunday, uh, a gal, single lady, probably 50 years of age, had a hard life and I haven't seen her for two years. Wow. Comes through the door and bursts into tears when she sees me, falls into my arms, Uh sobbing, and tells me my mom died yesterday. Yeah. Oh, gosh. you know, the, life has been going on for yeah. people behind the scenes. And they need, right. they need physical touch. They need support. They need to see somebody in front of them. Amen. That's the journey that, you know, like we we need to keep the people close, you know, because they need help. Yeah. So, Michael, I'm, I'm inspired uh, uh, to maybe have some of your Leaders Alliance people who've gone, have come out 
Yeah. Have they already had some things that are working for them? Because that may be a really good topic for one of these podcasts. Absolutely. Is what's worked in Germany, what's worked in England. Yeah. Well, it's really good for you guys to share these details. I think we were aware of the bigger picture, but I'm learning so much about how how locked down you've been. We really can't relate to that here in California, which is one of the states that supposedly is the most conservative uh, concerning COVID, but we haven't been masked in months. We've meetings we've had so we've had liberty but a lot of the people in leaders alliance are from the uk or from new zealand or or from australia or or other countries that have a similar kind of to me it it's a little bit crazy (laughs) how how uh intense it is but um yeah but the effect and um how you've been able to overcome it is really so helpful for everybody. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, this. you guys have done a great job. And the other thing that I want to shift gears a little bit on is you guys are in transition right now. Yeah. Over this next year. Yeah. You to talk about that because this is, you know, such a um I believe it's a significant kingdom moment where you guys so so give us a little clue into that. I know you've public publicly done it, so I'm not, you know, uh, putting you out there, but <laughs> Yep. So we have asked Murray and Ash Smith, who are the current uh, lead pastors of Ketsfar Raleigh, to become the next senior leaders in Toronto. And I would say it was probably August, July, maybe July, that I had a dream about this, and I just it was as clear as it as it was. I wrote to our executive director, who was in the UK at that time on vacation and said, what do you think? And he was like, oh my goodness, I would serve them in a day. Like just happy for that. I said, okay, I'm gonna phone uh, John Arnott, who's our founding pastor and every big decision goes by John and Carol. (coughs) Found out that John was in the city uh, because they live 90 minutes away and uh, took him for lunch, told him what I was thinking. John's reaction was, Steve, that would be a steal for Toronto. Wouldn't that be great? But there's no way that Duncan and Kate, who are the founding pastors of that church, will give up uh, Murray Nash to be able to come to Toronto. Just no way. That's not going to happen. Carol said the same thing the next day. It's like, well, okay. (coughs) Sandra and I phoned Duncan and Kate to ask permission to talk to his younger brother. And uh, Duncan... Within seconds, because I I've learned that for those kind of things, you tell the you tell the punchline, then give the reasons. <laughs> I said I'm uh, this this call this video call is to ask permission to ask Murray and Ash to become the next senior leaders of Toronto. Let me explain why. Before I got to the let me explain why, Duncan's body is vibrating with the Holy Spirit. He's got goosebumps, and he just he almost starts crying. And he says, my spirit is just saying, yes, yes, yes. Wow. That's amazing. Now with those kind of things, so we we have the governance kind of things. We have a board of directors. And and so that took a little longer to go through that process of just, like we had to get a police background check for Murray and Ash. That's welcome to Canada. (laughs) can Can they get a police background check quickly in Raleigh? No. So we're we're like two months behind the schedule that I had of announcing it because of little things like a police background check. 
Wow. You know, that kind of stuff. So anyways, we made the announcement in uh, December, was it? Um, yeah, October? No, I think it was December. So yeah, the plan is that in the year from now, uh, January 2023, they'll transition to become the next senior leaders. They're moving house here in June. And coming as senior they, associate pastors. Yep. Yeah. So they're coming as our assistants for a year, and then the roles will switch. We'll be their assistants and do whatever they'd like us to do. Wow. And what do you see for your future? What's what's God got on your horizon in addition to obviously probably remaining at Toronto? But yeah, we'll be based in Toronto. Yeah, we'll be yeah. based in Toronto. <coughs> um, we feel like Toronto's our home. And I think a lot of times when people make a transition, they leave a place and then they don't go back. And we, we know that through experience in our past churches where when we felt our time was gone or done there, we would move on to the next place. And we, you know, you wouldn't look back, but I just, you know, we feel like this is our, this is our home. Um, so we're going to, we're still going to be there and help as much as we can. But um, we, we just hold, we just hold everything out like here. Okay, God, wherever you want us to go. And so there's a lot of new things and, even as today, you know, I won't say any details, but, you know, the Lord just continues to bring things before us, you know, what he wants us to do. We think we're really good um, seconds, if that makes sense. And I don't want to, but we are, I think that's one strength. We're, we're, we're one of these couples that will come in and fill in a gap, you know, where it needs to be filled in and then step away for the next person. It's just um, our gifting we don't hold on to position. It, Jesus was a number two, by the way. Yeah. but <laughs> That's a good point. Again, that's why, you know, like if you know that you're called, because I think sometimes the world gets stuck in, well, what do you do? What will you do? And Stephen and I have never, like on a weak moment, we might go, oh no, who are we? You know, what, what will we be called? You know, we could get stuck in that and get, feel very insecure, but we just trust our Lord. I mean, we've watched both of our parents and how they have trusted God and growing up. So we've had the benefit of watching um, how God has worked in Stephen's parents over the years, missions, um, pastoring, sure. um, just business, whatever the things that they did. My parents being faithful in the in the Lord through a lot of um, hard times, but watching them get on their knees and pray to the Lord. So that's how we've been raised. So, I mean... I, I, I'm just going to say this, just to be to be real, because that's that's the one thing that John and Carol taught us: be real. It's a very humbling place to be. Yes, you don't always have the whole journey, but that's way God has always moved in our life. We've just said, okay, we'll say yes to this, and Lord, you you work out the details. Um, sometimes people have to know all the details. We the Lord has never done it that with us. We yeah. always known. So there we go. Yeah, I can answer just really short as well. We'll probably switch Michael from uh, five days a week for Toronto and one day a week for Catch the Far World to, I shouldn't say five. We work sort of five days a week, one Sunday's volunteering at our church. Uh, so we'll probably do a two day Toronto split, three day Catch the Far World split. Talk about that for a minute, because some listeners may not know what you're talking about yeah, which, when you say which, which catch, catch the fire, the fire world. world. So catch the fire world is sort of the, if I could say it, the apostolic leadership for the Catch the Fire Partners Churches and Leaders Alliance is uh, our broader uh, love the world, love leaders around the world, whether you're in marketplace or in um, 
in ministry uh, roles. I shouldn't say ministry roles. Everyone's in ministry roles if you're a believer. Yes. Uh, you're in uh, paid Christian roles. Uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a, a team, and we have four regions in the world. There's the Americas, which is basically all up and down South America, Central America, North America. And then there's Europe and Africa. Then there's Asia and Austral Asia. Sorry, Oceania is the other one. And so those we've sort of diversified that there's people that are closer to uh, to lead in those different nations. But the governance team, the apostolic team, is Duncan and Kate Smith, who are the the current leaders. And Sandra and I help. And we've got admin kind of people that are in the team mix. And we have four other couples that function as apostles for all of our churches around the world. And so that's led by Duncan and Kate, but John and Carol Arnott are on that team. An amazing couple named Michael and Diane Berdour are on that team. A couple from um, the Sakas, Ron and uh, Teddy Saka from Tokyo are on the team. Dan and Gwen Slade, who used to lead Partners in Harvest, are on the team. And Ken and Lois Scott from uh, the UK are on that team. So we've got I would imagine, Michael. I'm, my dream is, can I? How do I get on that team? Because I think, <laughs> I think you have to be, you know, sixty plus to get on that team. So I'm, I'm well qualified. Sandra's not qualified I'm yet. Not qualified yet. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> well, you guys are amazing. Hey, well, we need to wrap up in just a few minutes, but I really want to zero in now on a thing we've referred to a few times, but it's kind of the the topic that we're focused on throughout this conversation is healthy heart leadership. We're leading from a healthy heart. You know, let's let's take a few minutes and talk to leaders in the marketplace, in the church world, you know, in other branches of society. Like really the key to effective leadership anywhere, everywhere is keeping your heart healthy before the Lord, with your spouse, you know, with your kids. It's like, let's talk about that as we wrap up. Let's bring some some bullet points there in terms of what you guys have learned and what advice you would give. Yeah, well, I think when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Uh, He said, it's to to love God and to love others as you love yourself. I was just with a mutual friend of ours two weeks ago who comes from the business realm. And he's telling me, you know, there's the two commandments of of God, uh, of Jesus, to love God and love others. And I said, no, 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 there's a third one. It's we love others as we love ourselves. And he had not seen that ever. And he was like, oh, my goodness. And I said, well, that's one of the specialties of of Catch the Fire churches and partner churches around the world is that we uh, see it as three journeys, not just loving God and loving others, but also loving ourselves. So that for us is inner healing and deliverance. It's recognizing that I'm in process I love 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says that I am perfect and I am new creature in Christ. It clearly says I am different and everything's been done, except that all the verses around it don't say that. All the <laughs> verses around say I'm in process. I am becoming, um, it, I'm going from glory to glory, 2 Corinthians 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, my body and my spirit, 2 Corinthians 7.1 can be contaminated. So most of Paul's ministry in his letters is talking about sanctification, about this process of us becoming like Jesus, 
Yes, in heavenly places, we're already perfect. I get that. But the majority of Paul's teaching is we're in process. And how do we do that? And Paul said it very simply. We put off and we put on. Yeah. I love those simple little phrases. We put put off and then he gives a list of you know things. Michael, I did research for a book a while back and somehow my computer died and I didn't back it up and I lost everything. Oh, no. I've done like a, maybe six months of research into what are the topics in the New Testament that were to put off. I found 99 on those lists. Wow. That Jesus talks about, Paul talks about, Peter, everyone who writes has lists of things that now that we're in Christ, we shouldn't be angry, we shouldn't be slanderous words, we shouldn't be argumentative, we shouldn't be in sexual immorality, we shouldn't be, you know, it's 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 very clear words. Yeah. 99 of them is what I found. Wow. And Paul's assuming that followers of Jesus have these. We did not become perfect the moment we got born again. We still walk with these challenges. The penalty of sin's been broken. The power of sin is yet to be fully broken in my life. Mm-hmm. So it's just an acknowledgement that I'm not perfect yet. Um, my The way that I love Sandra is not perfect. I say mean-spirited things to her, raise my voice, have tone that Sandra picks up, you know, and then I deny it. Uh, no. Didn't you, didn't you hear what I said? And she goes, no, but your tone is, no. You know, I had, clearly, clearly we're still people in process. Yes. So how do we do that? The four big ones are I repent, I renounce, I forgive, I bless. Mm. The four things that we just sort of go through over and over. Can you take a little bit, like just a minute on each one of those? That's That's powerful. Okay, so first of all, is an acknowledgement that a behavior is wrong or an attitude or a thought is wrong. Uh, I've done something. I need to repent. And the wor- word repent, as every good pastor knows, is not sorry. Repent is I'm changing my direction. I've been walking this way. I'm turning around and walking that way. So a repent is a purposeful, I, I'm, let's just pick pornography. I am, I'm trapped from time to time. All of a sudden, I go onto a pornographic website. It just finds its way onto my computer. I didn't plan it. It's just it's just popped open, you know, da-da-da-da-da, however it happens. So repenting is, I do not want to do this. Uh, forgive me for my sin. I take acknowledgement. I've sinned. I'm making a choice. I'm no longer going to sin. Renouncing is another part of that prayer. Renouncing is, I, I renounce the pleasure of watching those images, watching those films, listening to those, um, um, you know, whatever the jokes were, sexual jokes, whatever those things were, I renounce the pleasure of those things. I am, I am not getting my satisfaction. I'm not getting my worth from, you know, whatever the topic is. Forgiving is almost always a person. So for me, way, way back when pornography first happened, accidentally, it was my dad who introduced me to pornography. He never knew he did that, but I found his his Playboy magazines. Wow. And uh, it was like I'm in shock. I'm, and I'm angry at my dad, but when everyone was sleeping, I went to that place that he was hiding that and took it back to my bedroom. Wow. Yep. So I had to forgive my dad, even though it was not a willingful thing that my dad did. Uh, but... He was the one who introduced me to it. So forgiving is almost always a person that we need to forgive. 
we need to forgive ourselves often for how we've responded, for the, the sinful things we've said, done, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes we have to forgive God because we blame God. And we know that God never did anything wrong. But if we blamed him, we need to forgive him as well. And then the last one is blessing. And that's that's sort of the conclusion that if I can bless my father with a pure spirit, that tells me that I've been able to forgive him. So if you're if the person who sexually assaulted you and you've forgiven them, you say, I've forgiven them. But when you come to bless them, you can't. Means you still got more forgiving to do. You still got more stuff to work on. And I feel that generally we can't bless with a pure heart until forgiveness has taken place. Wow. So I can I can do those kind of things when I get a memory. I can do that in 15 seconds just in my own head. I can just quickly go through my, the list and it's like, oh my goodness, um, I here's a memory I never even thought of. Oh my goodness, okay. I, I repent, I renounce, I forgive, and I bless. And uh, deal with my own heart issues. And hopefully I'm taking, you know, I don't know how long Satan's list of things that he's got against me is, but hopefully I'm knocking him off one by one by one. Yes. No, that's so good. Well, so we need to wrap up. I mean, there's more to be said here. Would you guys come back again? In a... Absolutely. Sandra will. Sure. <laughs> and really help us to kind of, because I think this topic is something that I believe is an ongoing one for all of us. You know, and that's one of the things we love about being a part of Catch the Fire is just the emphasis and the the even the provision. We want our leaders to be healthy, thriving followers of Jesus, and that requires some work. Yeah. It does. You can't just ignore your pain away. You can't ignore your sin away. You've got to engage and you've got to break through. And so that's something that we totally love. Well, Diane, final words from you as we, well, we close just, up. We love you. We love what you've contributed to our lives personally to people's lives globally thank you so much for being here and being who you are i just am looking forward to seeing all the amazing things that god is going to do in and through you over the next decades you know amen we're going to be hopefully walking together through it all you know and also too you know keep good notes on this whole transition process you know the the body of christ doesn't do succession well yeah in general and yeah. you guys seem like you have such a great plan and purpose and i'm just excited to see how it all plays out so god bless you there could you guys just close us in prayer could you pray a blessing over everyone who's watching this now live and in the future on archives could you just mm -hmm. speak that well father i thank you for these that are watching and father if you have spoken to them about something today about their hearts and the journey that they've been on Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would just walk them through it. Lord, I thank you for the power of love um, that Jesus, when he died on the cross, was shown for us. And I thank you for that. And Lord, I'm asking that, that you would just minister to their hearts even right now. And those that have given up or those that don't think, oh man, I, I'm not worth it. Lord, that, that they would not see that. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you would reveal your heart to them and who they are and the journey that you have with them. Yeah, and I want to pray John 15 over everybody. And if you remember, that's the famous passage where Jesus said, I'm the, uh, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And if you remember, Father God has a role that we often overlook. And the passage says that he's the gardener. He's mm -hmm. the one that does the pruning. He's the one that does the fertilizing. Mm -hmm. 
And so, Father God, we just commit ourselves to you to say, be our gardener, work in our hearts. Father God, we know that you use your Holy Spirit uh, to be the messenger, to be the, the one that provokes us and speaks to us and prompts us that uh, this is an issue, let's get it fixed. And so, Father God, we say, be the gardener of our lives. Help us to get rid of things that we don't need, the pruning side. And Father, may we have all the, the fertilizer we need to be able to walk into the destiny that you have for each of us. Mm-hmm. Daddy, we bless each person that's watching live and those that are watching in the future. Father, bless Michael and Diane. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for their lives. Thank you for the journeys that they've been on. Thank you for the, the softness that both of them have as incredible leaders and helping other people as coaches. Mm-hmm. So Michael and Diane, we bless you and your kids today. Mm-hmm. We bless your big tribe in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. So well, God much. bless you guys. We're so happy to have had you on, and we're going to have you on again. And uh, all of you that are watching, God bless you as well. And we hope you'll consider becoming members of LeadersAlliance.org. Check it out. Bless God you, bless family. you. Bye bye. Love you.